Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we're joined by Melissa Arbogast. Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for joining us, and Melissa's here today to share her testimony with us. Melissa, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I uh, was born in Pennsylvania. I was adopted into a Christian family at 28 days old. Uh, We lived in Pennsylvania for two years, Mm -hmm. Ohio for six years, and then we moved to Virginia. So I've pretty much been in Virginia all my life. My dad was in Christian radio for all of my life. Mm -hmm. So I was raised with a very firmly, firmly rooted uh, Christianity and um, belief in the Bible. Uh, Growing up, we were a little more, um, it was more about rules and regulations Mm -hmm. more than a relationship. But as I grew, and it probably wasn't until my mid-20s that I learned about a relationship with Jesus was way more important than the rules and regulations. So you grew up in the church. I did, you probably, very much so. On Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Yeah, uh, my dad was the choir director. Mom played the piano. They both uh, taught Sunday school. So we were there. If the doors were open, we were there. Yep, I figured that. So you um, grew up in the church as a child in the church we talk about you know we're grateful for parents to take us to church Mm -hmm. even though we may stray we have foundation to come back to what was church like do you have memories from those early years like a special person that you think of church Um, was there somebody that really poured into you I remember the years that we were in Ohio. We had a pastor, Glade May, and his wife, and they were very instrumental in watching Kevin and I a lot because Mom and Dad both worked and um, were either at church, and so we spent a lot of time with their family. And there were uh, some Coopers, the Coopers that lived in Ohio also that we stayed with. And then when we got to Virginia, uh, when we moved, we actually lived in the basement of my grandparents' house, my dad's parents. So... um, We spent a lot of time with them. We always knew they were up there and uh, above us. I don't mean in heaven. I mean above (laughs) the basement. Next story. (laughs) But uh, there was a lot of people just in the church years when we moved to Virginia that were just very uh, loving and surrounded us with love and um, helped me to learn about my Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful to think back about, you know, to those folks. So we come to church in our early years because our parents told us to. Do you have that moment where you accepted Christ? Do you, as a child, was that? Yes, as a child, I remember accepting Christ, and I believe it was at a camp, and I'm not going to be able. It was when we were at People's Baptist Church. There was a camp we went to, and I remember accepting Christ. And um, then as we got back home, I was baptized in the church. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I remember that. I remember it was such a warm feeling and just being accepted. And I belonged to a family. Yeah. Not that I didn't before, but I forget if I mentioned, but I was adopted. Mm-hmm. And it was belonging into a family. I mean, it was essentially being adopted into Christ's family. Mm-hmm. Wow. That had special meaning for you. Yeah. Yep. For sure. 
And uh, as you were talking about being adopted, I think of a perfect picture of how Christ adopted us. God adopted us into his family Mm -hmm. and brought us in as his children. Uh, Anything else um, from your childhood or from your teen years that really stood out to you? You mentioned uh, coming to Christ at that camp as a kid, but anything else that's foundational in your faith journey that you would like to share that comes to mind? One of the things that comes to mind in my preteen years was my parents uh, separated and then divorced, and that was a very um, tough time for me. I struggled a lot with a lot of anger and um, why me and that type of thing. And so I will say that I believe that I still had faith and that um, obviously I knew there was God that loved me and cared for me. But at that moment, through a lot of my teen years, I questioned about Mm -hmm. what my worth was. And that did carry, unfortunately, over into my early 20s. And um, it took a real crisis of faith for me to come back to Christ. Mm -hmm. I wandered very far away. And um, through that, thank the Lord, it brought me back. Yeah. You know, I think about, Melissa, you you say you wandered far away, but when you wandered far away, I was there. Yeah. And, yep. Right um, next door. <laughs> yep, I was right next door. And, you know, in my wanderings, mm-hmm. um, our paths crossed. Yes. But that's become a powerful thing. Yeah. Um, when I came to the church then. So it's amazing how the tapestry of how relationships happen. But that's not where our story ended. That's it's not where your story nope. ended. Nope. But it is a part of the story. Yes, very much so. Do you want to share how you ended up coming back to Christ after that wandering? Jeff and I married in June of 1991, and we were not in the church. Um, that was part of the time that I was far away from God, and we really struggled. We had Shannon then in June of 92, and we just we had, were having a hard time getting along, and our relationship wasn't where it was supposed to be. And we separated, and we were separated for almost two years. And during that time, Jeff started attending church here um, under Pastor Carrie Willis and um, a lot of counseling, Mm -hmm. and um, I was still angry. And I'll never forget Pastor Carrie calling me. This is Pastor Carrie calling to check on you. And I called my mom. My mom and Harold were members here and I called my mom and I said please tell him not to call me again <laughs> and it, I ended up coming eventually came around and started counseling and Jeff and I renewed our vows I've tried to pin the date down it was 95 or 96 that we renewed our vows and at that point in time I really realized that I didn't want Shannon to grow up with divorced parents and um God was very faithful to us, very faithful, and he still is through everyday life. There's been a lot of things that have happened over the last, uh, you know, 29 years that he's very faithful. That's powerful. Um, It was worth coming back together and working through those conflicts. That's just a powerful testimony to someone that might be listening that may be in a situation um, that they don't. They may think it's not, that there's no way, but um, I just remember early in my faith in those years, witnessing Jeff Arbogast praying every morning Mm -hmm. at the church um, and your testimony 
um, to those prayers today. And that's powerful. It really uh, impacted me in those days. Um, it's what got I, I believe it's what got us back together and not just obviously not just the prayers of Jeff, but the, there was a oh. very it was a herd of people praying yeah. for us. I know. So prayer changes things. Yes, absolutely, without a doubt. So you mentioned that um, you're adopted, mm-hmm. and do you want to share a little bit about what that journey has been like for you? Sure. I was raised knowing that I was adopted from the very get-go. There was no, I mean, mom and dad never hid that from me. Uh, The bits and pieces over the years that mom could remember about my birth mother, um, she would tell me. Now, I don't know, you know, it was always one of those things I hoped they were true. It was always positive things. Uh, Fast forward to last year in May, I believe it was, um, through a series of events, I had gotten my birth certificate. Obviously, it was not an official birth certificate, but it did have my mother's name on it. And um, I laid it on the bed one day because I thought, well, I'll just file this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. And Jeff picked it up and took it to a friend of ours, and he researched it and found my birth family. And um, Jeff told me one day, standing in the laundry room, I've got something to tell you. And I thought, oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> what are you going to tell me? And uh, it was that he'd found out who my birth mom was. Wow. And I didn't, I'm like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? And through a series of events, I got her address and I sent her a letter. And um, I still have not talked to her, but um, she's not quite ready for that contact yeah. yet. So, I mean, it took 52 years to get to that point. It's not going to happen yeah. overnight. True and story. I have found. Um, on my mother's side, I have three sisters, and on my birth father's side, I have two brothers and two sisters. So, and I've made contact with some of my siblings on both sides of the family. So, it's very, very. I still like don't feel like my feet are on the ground when I talk about it because um, I just didn't think I'd ever find them. I mean, I'm fifty couple years old, and I thought this is not something that'll ever happen. Because mm-hmm. there were some doors early on that kind of closed with. Yes, very much so. Um, um, but God orchestrated a lot of different things because I have to give him the glory because it, there's no other explanation. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. So I'm praying that one day I will get to meet my mom. It's going to take a softening of her heart, and I know I think she wants to meet me. It's just there's some things that she has to work through first. Yeah. So what's it like to find out that you have sisters and brothers and have conversations with them in your 50s? I sat with my sister that I met with. Uh, we met in Front Royal one day, and um, there was a lot of empty space. We just stared at each other because it was, I mean, she was the oldest, and or she thought she was. <laughs> and um, we share similarities, but my birth father is of Alaskan. He's a native Alaskan descent, and so we are, we're a little bit different. We don't look the same, but we have a lot of the features that mm. are the same, and... Um, so no it's, wonder you're so hot-natured around Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. But I, um, it's still sinking in. Yeah. You grow up with brother. You and Grayson grow up with a, you know sisters, mm-hmm. brothers, and you don't think another thing about it. Now, I've got brothers and sisters as well, but when you find people that are linked to you in another way, it's very... 
people take it for granted and it's very hard to explain to someone I know there's a few people in the in the church that are adopted and we don't have to say anything we understand it's a um there's a connection there immediately that I mean even after 50 some years it was just very it was unbelievable so I remember one day you and I talking and you said uh, and this is back before you found all this out Mm -hmm. you said that you don't know what your health history is. That's right. Like when you go to the doctor and they say, do you have a history of heart disease? Mm-hmm. You had no clue. Mm-mm. Now you know. Yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, I can fill that part of the health questionnaire out. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Half my life, I can now fill this thing out. Um, so, yeah, it's there's some things. I can't ask those questions and get definitive answers. Yeah. So that's another aha moment for me. Or mm-hmm. I can call somebody and say, hey, is there a history of such and such in our family? It's, you know, I couldn't do that before. Wow. I know. When, I, when you said that that day, it just, it really hit me hard. Like, I can't imagine. Like, it's just another facet of a being an adopted child and not knowing your parents. Right. That many people can't check off that part i just filled one of those forms out this morning right you know yeah um so what are some other things what have been some aha things for you um in meeting your siblings i believe my mom and her siblings were raised i believe there is a faith there that um is ingrained in them my grandparents were missionaries in alaska and that's where some of my aunts and uncles were born and um, they were raised on a mission um, compound. I don't yeah. know what they called it. Yeah. Um, but to learn that I was always raised in the church, and I guess in this area, it's very common. And when you get outside of this area, like my birth father lives in Nebraska, and I have some siblings in Arkansas and Colorado, and there's not a, a strong faith basis there. Mm-hmm. So... That's kind of an aha because all my siblings that I've been raised with have biblical mm-hmm. background or faith-based backgrounds, mm-hmm. and it's um, interesting to learn that um, there's people that I'm related to that don't. Right. That post-Christian culture. Right. right, right. It's pretty close, huh? Yeah. That's, wow. And I think sometimes I find my, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because I think, how can I witness to them and still keep contact with them and them not push me away. And I know I shouldn't worry about that, but it's just, I finally found them. It's like, I'm not quite ready to let go yet. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, whether it's our blood relatives that we find or God puts someone in our life, we have to build a relationship. Um, God's in the details of timing. Um, He works those things out if we'll stay faithful. He has a plan, Yeah. you know. You are um, in a very unique position um, that you would have found your siblings at this point in life and your desire is that um, they would be a part of your eternal family absolutely and it gives you a whole new focus and purpose yes um, to pray and um, to trust God with there he's the Lord of the harvest yes but I've heard someone say recently that you know God is the Lord of the harvest but he's put us here to help populate heaven and what a beautiful picture um, that he's placed you at this specific time in this world um, with extended family. Right. 
it's not your extended family, it is your family. I know. That's wow. Yeah. Well, Melissa, as you've been sharing, two things that I think about. Number one is surrender, how you've had to surrender some situations. So if you want to speak to that, and then also the faithfulness of God. You talked about how he's been faithful to you all along the way since you've come back to him and how he's shown his faithfulness, and especially in leading you to meet your biological siblings. So any of those two things that you would like to share? With the surrender, I think um, when you just said that, it reminds me or takes me back to when Jeff and I got back together that there was a surrender of my will that I had to go through for us to get back together because when we separated, I was not very willing to surrender that. Um, It was all about me. And as time went along, but let me back up and also say being raised in the church, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. I knew there was that nagging, that tugging at my heart that I knew that this is not what God intended for us, but I was mad and I was going to do it. And um, through the process, through the counseling, through the people praying for me, phone calls, cards I would receive, just drove me nuts. But every time I got it, there was that, you know, I don't know if this is really what I should be doing. And so it was a surrendering of my will. Now, if I would sit here and tell you that that was that one time I had to do that and I've never had to do it again, I would not be telling you the truth because um, marriage is a give and take. And it's um, there's days that I have to surrender my will because it's not really that important. Mm-hmm. Feels pretty important. Uh, so, yeah. Well, sure if we're talking about feelings, yeah, you know it. But I, um, and I also surrender going to uh, in my twenties when I was looking for my birth family. I had to surrender finally because it was tearing me apart. That if I am supposed to know who these people are, God will put it in place. And it took thirty years. And that's the one thing that I keep coming back to, that if I had fought it and fought it and fought it, I may never have found them. But the surrender of it that finally I got to a point that, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to know who they are. And I had to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But through his faithfulness... If you're going to talk about faithfulness, he brought it to fruition. And, you know, there's still a lot of the pieces uh, that go together. We were supposed to make a trip to Alaska this summer and obviously couldn't do that. But I have 13 aunts and uncles from both sides of my family that live there still. So that's on our bucket list for next Mm -hmm. summer. So I'm very eagerly anticipating next summer. But I believe recently God replaced that week with some time with a nephew. Yes, absolutely. I got to meet one of my nephews. He's 22, lives in Richmond. Um, He's getting ready to go into the Marines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we decided he would drive an hour and I would drive an hour. We met in Charlottesville and it was very, very, it was just amazing um, to sit and talk to him. Very sweet young guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. So I know you were so disappointed, but it's amazing how God gave you that. Yes. In place of it. Yep. Like he was like, okay, I know you missed this, but um, how about this? How about about this visit? And 
I know that that didn't just impact you. No, Jeff went along with me, and we both enjoyed meeting with Andrew. Deeply enjoyed it. We just had a great talk, and Andrew's a sweet guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, Melissa, I know that you've kind of brought us, you know, along up to speed to even to where you are today. But I'm going to ask you just to go back a little bit. Well, a little bit further, probably (laughs) than a little bit. But you talked about your teenage years of rebellion and. Can you speak into a little bit of where that came from? Because, you know, teenagers are teenagers, but you're talking about, you know, there was a rebellion and even into your marriage where, hey, I want things this way. There was a part of you that felt like you needed to control Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your life. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, until I I think until I got to my teen years, I was always daddy's little girl and, you know, grew up with that love and that affection and, you know, just both mom and dad were very, you know, attentive to us as children. We had what we needed. But then when I got to be older and into the teenage years, started thinking about, you know, I really don't know who I am because I don't look like this person and I don't look like Mm. this person and I don't know who I am. And... I think there was a deep, I don't think, I know, there was a deep-seated feeling of rejection that um, it stays with you. I mean, I fight it even to this day with certain things that happened that I didn't know who I was. I didn't have an identity. Yes, I was Melissa Eshelman, but no, I really wasn't. Yeah. And it was just a rebellion. Yeah, because you didn't know who you were. You right. didn't know, like... It would be kind of like, you know, as a child, the rug was jerked out from under you as a baby. Right. Like your family, um, you were pulled out of that. And praise God, someone came along and, you know, took you in. But that does not replace that original birth family being gone. It's good. Right. And I don't want to discredit them. That's the thing is that... You know, my adoptive family is amazing. They're my family. Absolutely. I mean, that's who they are. But there is a feeling that it's extremely hard to um, explain or make people understand that you don't really belong anywhere. I mean, you know, well, yeah, of course you do. You belong here. Well, it's a deep-seated feeling in your gut that, you know, you know who you belong to. You know, Grayson's knows who he belongs to and Margaret knows who she belongs to but yeah I belong to Dave and Jeanette but um I no I really don't that's not who brought me into this world yeah so um and I think talking about the control that's as I got older I realized you know what I can control who comes into my life and who doesn't Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take full advantage of this because I'm not going to be rejected again so I think in the separation with Jeff and I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to reject him before he can reject me mm-hmm. because we were not at a good place. Yep. And as I've said, that lots of prayers, lots of, I think, just heart-wrenching um, prayers to God that I realized that this is not God's plan for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, how many years have y'all been married? It was 29 in June. Wow. You know, Melissa, as I hear you share your story, um, you began 
today um, talking about the places that you were as a child and the people that spoke into your life in different settings. Um, you were in Christian school, um, and you walk in here today, and you have a shirt on that says Growing Little Disciples from Kids Harbor, our preschool and after-school program. And it just hits me that uh, you are doing the very same thing that some people did to you, for you. They did it for you as a child. They were there for you. And they told you about Jesus and they witnessed, their life was a witness for Jesus. And you have been giving of your life. Thank you. To the children at Kids Harbor. Um, you are pouring into their lives. And isn't that what it's about? It is. It's, um, I love them to pieces. My goodness. I just, they're like all my kids. Mm -hmm. I thank God every day Angela Cole asked me to work for her. Wow. I just, she knew I needed it. And um, I love to come to work. Now, it wears me out. Good gracious, <laughs> the older I get, it wears me out. But I love it to death. Ugh. But you've found a place of purpose. That's right. You and have found a place where you are giving um, in a way that you were given to. Yeah. And when you see the children come in and you see the brokenness, yeah. Yeah. you understand on a level that maybe I wouldn't. Yeah. Maybe someone who's never, you know, that's not understood adoption or a broken family would understand. And it's been a hard journey for you, but God is redeeming that and has given you a place of ministry in that very area, yeah. you know, where kids come in and you see things and you're just there for every child. I yeah. tease Jeff and tell him it's my mission field. I mean, it's not really teasing, but it's, that's... It is your mission field. I love them to death. They just, you know, and some of those kids, they just want to be loved, yeah. accepted. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. during this time right now, I'm telling you, it's hard not to hug those kids. Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious. And not just the kids, but... Yes. Everyone down that hall, parents, um, staff, um, you are there as someone that is there to build up the kingdom. And that's powerful. It's a testimony um, to the healing that God has done in your life. When we can go back into that place and one thing you'd have probably never dreamed of that you would be in a Christian school <laughs> setting, right? Yeah, that's because right. we you we girls it. rebelled from that that's stuff. That's right. And yep. we ran from it. Yeah, we did. But look where we're at. Yeah. Um, Full so circle. Thank you to the people that invested in Melissa Eshelman, Arbogast life. Um, and now she is returning that in the body of Christ. Powerful. Yeah, Melissa, as you were talking about your mission field, what it, it sounds like it is your mission field, and he's using you to be the hands and feet of Jesus to these children that need to be cared and loved and shown Christ to. So uh, thank you for being willing when uh, Angela Cole asked you to come work for her. And uh, just in closing, anything else that you would like to share, maybe anything that we haven't asked you yet? I don't think so. I think it's just super important to remember that... Um, 
Families are important. Uh, families are a gift from God. Don't ever take your families for granted. Um, it's hard to watch people that we know uh, struggle through their marriages and through different relationships with their children, with their spouses, and it's not always easy. Mm. No, but no. it's worth it in the end. And I think you would say if there's anyone listening today that has been adopted. Um, they don't know where their family is to not give up hope. Absolutely not. Uh, you will be uh, continuing to pray. And if God deems it that that's something that you need to know or that um, he wants to allow you to know, he will put people in your path and things in your path. Um, if anyone wants to hear my story in more in depth, they're more than willing to contact me. Uh, it's rather lengthy. So Yeah, well... That's great because I think sometimes we just need someone that can encourage us in the journey, someone that's been a little further on it than us. So thank you for being willing to do that. And we can certainly put the contact. They can call the church and we can connect them. Absolutely. So thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Melissa, thank you for joining us today and for sharing your testimony. And as you were talking about, you know, having to wait to find out who your birth family was, I just think about the saying about how God answers prayers three different ways, either yes, no, or not right now. And exactly. not right now was how he answered that prayer about finding your birth family. So That's thank right. you for joining us today on Front Porch Talks and sharing your testimony with us. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that Melissa Arbogast's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.